Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. The Bible reading is from Mark chapter 2 and verses 13 to 17. The calling of Levi. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I hate taxes. I mean, I really, really hate taxes. It's not as though we don't have enough taxes already. A poll tax simply for the privilege of existing. Income tax, a land tax. And now this guy, Levi, has set up his little booth here by the Sea of Galilee. A duty tax. Now every time I want to use the harbor, I have to pay a duty tax. And then if I want to sell my fish in the market, I've got to pay another duty tax. And if I want to use the main road to transport my fish to the marketplace, you've guessed it. It's now a toll road. And who has set up their tax booth on the road? Levi, that hated tax collector. Poor old Nathaniel. The other day, he was taking all of his produce to go and sell to the foreign merchants who always travel through Capernaum. And he was traveling along the road that he always takes. And guess who he sees? Levi, with his little tax booth. He sure got stung. He had to pay a tax for using a cart. He had to pay a tax for every wheel on the cart. Oh, and you want a donkey to pull your cart? You've got to pay a tax for that too. Then he had to pay tax for all his goods and export duties. That was the end of him. He was already in debt. I think he had to sell himself into slavery. I don't know what happened to his family. And there's Levi, drinking champagne and eating caviar in his little tax booth. What a fraud. We know how the system works. They overcharge us. They squeeze us as tight as they can because they get to keep the excess, the profits. That's their incentive. I mean, just have a look at his car. If you think of a hard-nosed, bureaucratic tax collector with the motivation of a used car salesman, that's a good picture of Levi. And the worst thing of all, we paying taxes to Rome. Okay, sure, technically, we, he's working for Herod Antipas, the supposed king of the Jews. But everyone knows that Herod's just a puppet king. He's a collaborator. He's governing Galilee on behalf of the Romans. So we're paying taxes to Rome. We're actually funding Rome's occupation and exploitation of us. Look, I don't mind paying temple tax. That goes to our temple and to our religious leaders. But to pay taxes to a foreign nation and to think that a Jew... Levi would collaborate with the enemy and help them to exploit us and occupy us. What a traitor. Fraud and traitor. 
Well, of course, Levi, like all the other tax collectors, have been publicly kicked out of synagogue. And because they brought shame on their family, they've been publicly disowned. No one will be friends with Levi because you know if you're friends with a tax collector, you too might get kicked out of synagogue and publicly disowned. But who would want to be friends with a tax collector, a fraud and a traitor? Someone who loves money more than their country, their religion, their reputation, and their purity. Yeah, tax collectors are the most hated people in Galilee. Anyhow, so there I was, standing by the shore of Galilee, near Capernaum, right next to Levi and his tax booth. When all of a sudden I see this rabbi, Jesus, coming along with his disciples and a whole crowd following him. Jesus makes eye contact with Levi and then makes a beeline straight for him. I'm thinking, this is going to be good. You see, rabbis hate tax collectors more than me. And everyone's been saying that this rabbi is the Messiah, the anointed one. God's chosen and appointed king to rid the world of evil. In other words, to kick out the Romans. You know what that means. Tax-free zone, here we come. So what does he say to this tax collector? Well, he says two words, and only two words, and they weren't the two words I was expecting. He said, follow me. And Levi stood up, left his tax booth, and just followed him. I was stunned. Even some of Jesus' disciples had raised eyebrows, the fishermen, for they too had been ripped off by Levi. Now, let me just explain a few things. Firstly, rabbis don't just go around and choose anyone. People would choose their rabbi. They would would beg the rabbi. They would pay the rabbi to choose their son. And if the rabbi thought that the son was of the right stock, coming from the right religious family, then he might agree to test the son. And if the son passed all of the rabbi's tests, then... And only then would the rabbi call the son to come follow him and be his disciple. This, of course, would open up many opportunities for the son, many job opportunities to be able to say, I was a disciple of rabbi so-and-so. Would open up job opportunities and various other opportunities to enter into the religious elite of that day. Now, Jesus is a super rabbi. I mean, he has got this massive crowd following him. He's casting out demons. He's healing the sick. He's cleansing the lepers. He could choose anyone. I mean, there would be a huge queue queuing up to be his disciple. So who does he choose? Levi, this despised tax collector. Nobody chooses Levi. Nobody's friends with Levi. Even in primary school, no one would choose Levi to be in his team. Yet Jesus chooses Levi. He says, you're on my team. Well, no wonder Levi responds so spontaneously. No one's ever chosen him before. But to be fair, it was quite a risky thing to do, to to leave such a lucrative job. Unlike Jesus' other disciples, who could always go back to fishing, once you've left being a tax collector, you can never go back. I don't know what was more amazing. The fact that Jesus called and chose Levi or the complete transformation in Levi's life. Now, I'm no media expert, but I think Jesus made a huge PR blunder. I mean, 
There's a huge crowd here. Everyone's there. The, the Capernaum Chronicle is there. This was a great opportunity to kick out a tax collector. That would have gone down like a treat. But to choose a traitor to be one of your followers is no way to start a new movement. I mean, everyone's got their cell phones out. They're taking photographs, uploading onto Facebook. I just don't know how you can get back from this. Just what I think. It couldn't get any worse. Jesus then becomes the guest of honor at a dinner party at Levi's house. Now, Levi's got no friends. Well, well, no respectable friends. So they went about and invited all the lowlife and scum of Capernaum. I guess when Jesus called you to be a follower, you just can't keep it to yourself. You just got to call people in and, and in, introduce them to Jesus. But it's all so public. Doors open, windows open. There's Jesus lying on a cushion next to Levi, eating and drinking and making a noise. And it's crowded of tax collectors, frauds and traitors. There was a prostitute there. There was a, a guy who cheated on his wife. There was a, a single mom with a drug problem. There, there, every kind of sinner you could imagine. Okay, there were some half-decent guys who just couldn't really fit into the straitjacket of Judaism. Like the guy who just loved his pork sandwiches. And the other guy who just couldn't be bothered with all the ceremonial washing and ritual cleansing. I mean, they were all there. And Jesus and his disciples were eating with them. Now, you Westerners just don't get it. He was eating with them. In the Middle East, to eat with someone is highly significant. It signifies that you welcome them, you accept them. By Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors, he was saying that he welcomed them, he accepted them, he forgave them. It's kind of like when you guys take communion. You eat and drink together, symbolizing your fellowship with one another and with God. This was shocking behavior for a Jew, let alone a rabbi. The synagogue and all the other rabbis had rejected these guys. They had publicly kicked them out. They wouldn't go anywhere near them, let alone have a meal with them. And so there I am standing outside next to these rabbis, these teachers of the law, and they are staring in disbelief. Who is this guy? Jesus, they said. Eating with tax collectors, parting with sinners. Now you see, these rabbis were part of a Jewish sect known as the Pharisees, which literally means separate ones. That's because they believed they needed to remain separate from everyone else so they wouldn't become contaminated with sin. And therefore they were obsessed with following the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments and so on, in the most strictest way possible. And so their rabbis had come up with many, many rules to ensure that you were following the law to the minutest detail. They had rules for eating, rules for washing, rules for tithing your herbs, rules for this, rules for that, rules for everything. You get the idea. Everything had to be kosher. And the reason for all these rules was to ensure that they remained separate, holy, pure. And they believed that God would only accept you if you followed all these rules. You, you first had to repent, and then you had to go through ceremonial washing, and then if you obeyed all these rules and became just like them, 
then God would accept you and they could have fellowship with you by eating with you. So there's absolutely no way in in a million years that they would ever be caught eating with sinners and tax collectors. And so they can't believe what they see. So they, they, they grab a couple of Jesus' disciples and drag them outside and start interrogating them. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? You see, the problem they have with Jesus, eating with these sinners and tax collectors, is that he's setting a bad example. You expect more, especially from a rabbi. You see, they're concerned that by eating with them, these guys are going to think that God accepts them. God welcomes them. God loves them. God forgives them just as they are, as sinners. And what would everyone else think? They would probably think this kind of behavior is okay, that, that sinning is okay, that hanging out and partying and eating with sinners and tax collectors is okay. That's not the way to lead people to God. That's just going to make the righteous full of sin. What Jesus should have done was kept his distance. He should have looked down at them. He should have judged them. He should have said, you guys need to repent And you need to follow all these rules. And then, and only after they've done that, can I accept you and and welcome you and have table fellowship with you. That's what Jesus should have done. And that's the way you influence society, for people to come to God. Okay, I've never actually seen anyone come to God in this way. You know, I mean, I've never actually seen anyone who's been judged and ostracized then coming to God. But one of the rabbis said that he knew a rabbi who knew another rabbi who heard someone say that someone once had come to God like this. Anyhow, you can't fault the logic, can you? So Jesus, by Jesus, eating with this low-life scum was, well, it seemed to be suggesting that God just accepted them, welcomed them, forgave them, and loved them as they were, freely. Anyhow, the word gets back to Jesus. And he looks out the door, and he looks straight at these Pharisees, and he says... It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Actually, to be fair, that was quite a good point. And, and the rabbis were really stumped. I mean, imagine a doctor saying, Keep all these sick people away from me. Keep them away from me. I don't want to get contaminated. I don't want to get infected. I mean, that, that would be ridiculous. But that's exactly what these rabbis are doing. But I also detected a hint of irony uh, in Jesus' comment. It was kind of as if he was saying to to the rabbis, if if you guys don't need God's forgiveness, tongue-in-cheek, well then excuse me, I want to get on with my work. It, It was as if he was saying to the rabbis that they too needed God's forgiveness, but they were just too proud, too self righteous to even realize their own need. And because they they didn't acknowledge their own need, Jesus was unable to help them because they thought they were so good they didn't need any help. Wow. My whole worldview started to be turned upside down. Could this be true? I mean, if that is true, that means we don't enter into a relationship with God by following religious rules but by having a dinner party with Jesus. That would be good news. 
Okay, let's just say for sake of argument that Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one, God's chosen appointed king. That would mean that God accepts and welcomes and loves and forgives everyone, even tax collectors, freely. That would mean that we don't have to follow a whole lot of religious rules. We don't have to do a whole lot of stuff to earn God's acceptance. That would be crazy. That, 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 that would be like love. And that would mean that God likes to leave the purity of temple, the purity of synagogue, the purity of church. And to go out and look for these low-life scum and, and hang out with them and have a dinner party with them. God wouldn't do that, would He? And that would mean that God is calling us to follow this guy, Jesus, and, and to accept and welcome everyone freely. And that he's, he's calling us to find those people who would never set foot in a synagogue, who would never set foot set foot in a church because they might be judged, that we should go out and find them and befriend them and, and throw a dinner party for them. Welcome them just as they are. God wouldn't want us to do that, would He? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're, we're amazed at Your love. And as we follow the life of Jesus and look at how he did things, how he would welcome and accept everyone wherever they were. And Father, that he loves us. We see that he loves us so much. That you love us so much. And that your love isn't dependent on how sorted we are, how spiritual we are, how successful we are, how good we are. But it's completely dependent upon how good you are. Father, we thank you that you come and you choose us. You call us because you love us. You come to us and you say, follow me. Father, we, we thank you for that. And Father, we pray that we would follow you. So often we claim to follow you, but we become like those Pharisees. We become self-righteous. We, we judge others. We think we're so good. We think we don't need forgiveness. We think we're above other people. Won't you forgive us? Won't you ensure that we always have a heart like Jesus, a forgiving heart, a loving heart, a humble heart. Father, we're amazed at your love. We, try to, we keep trying to turn your, your love and your desire for relationship into a set of rules, things we can control, stuff we need to do. Father, help us just to enter into that relationship and enjoy that dinner party, to celebrate and to invite everyone to join us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.